And welcome to another episode of the Woods Water Mizzou podcast. Very special episode of Cotton Bowl preview special. A uh, little, <clears throat> little homework this week first before I get in trouble from Case. We are coming to you from your home field studios, entering code Variety Sports in all caps at checkout for 15% off your first time purchase. But I am one of your regular co hosts, Skeeter. Along with me tonight, we have the full crew, Case and Cole. How y'all doing? Good. <laughs> cowboy, cowboy case is here. I'm, uh, I'm back, y'all. Howdy. Yeah. Hey, we're in a new house tonight. It, look around. There's plenty of room. Uh, you know, Skeeter will be, I'll be up. Well, somewhere right in here, I think. Yeah. Up at the top, row one. Uh, if it goes bad, you might see my death on live TV because I'll just lean over the rail and let it grow. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. Please don't, uh, please don't jump off the top row of uh, Jerry World. It'll be an mean. accident. Oh, okay. And that way, I'm setting my family up for the future. <laughs> well, at least it's recorded now. Yeah. Oh, but fellas, it is. You think, and it feels like last week we were doing a season preview, and now here we are previewing a New Year's Six Bowl. The last time this team uh, made up of dudes that have just won us over that we'll remember forever uh, gets to suit up as a unit. Uh, some guys, the last time they were the black and gold Mizzou Tigers and play on the field for us, but uh, we're here. Game day Friday. Uh, what do y'all think? Uh, man, I think you nailed it when you said we're going to kind of see the last time this team we really fall in love with. This team is very special, I think, to a lot of Mizzou fans for a, a lot of different reasons, a lot of different players. Yeah, this is the last time you're going to see Cody Schrader out there. I think that's going to be that's going to be like Darius Robinson. Um, but it's it's I'm a little nervous, a little excited because, man, you want this team to get sent off with a win. Like the 07 team did, like the 13, like the 14 team did. You really want to make sure we get sent these guys off on a high note. Yeah, man. The those 2013, 2014 teams. It it seems like that's all anyone you know talks about as far as trying to reach a bar that get back to a bar at least that that we've had in in recent past. You know, it was a decade ago, but exactly right. There's there's a lot of those guys that are going to play play their hearts out, play their tails off to uh, not only hopefully better their draft resume, but also, you know, play for, play for this game, play for the guys beside them and all the cliche coach talk that, that everyone's going to hear and that we're all going to hear on the broadcast and on the radio and interviews leading up to the game. And But man, just keeping up with teams on, or keeping up with the team on social media this week, you know, they flew out last, uh, whatever it was Thursday, get down to Arlington and, it seems like they've just been having a blast, you know, going going and doing different things as a team and just kind of, I guess, fully embracing that New Year's Six Bowl um, activity and schedule that goes on and not just go down two days before, practice once, play the game, and then go home. But they're, they're getting the full experience, and I could not be happier for this team. I tell you what, it seems like forever ago uh, I was in Fayetteville, Arkansas. I mean, I was – it's there today, so not being there, <laughs> but uh, was at Donald W. Reynolds Stadium and watching this team 
hand out the butt kicking that they did to the Arkansas Razorbacks. And, you know, when we found out the, the following weekend of this bowl game, I think it was let's go. Like, we're ready to run through a brick wall. And now as that adrenaline has wore off and it's getting closer to kickoff, um, I feel the nerves setting in uh, on, on my end, you know, like, oh, my goodness, you know, this this is a chance, you know, <clears throat> it, it's it's big on so many levels. It's a legacy game for the class leading for this team the last time that they're going to play as the brotherhood of this team, as this core unit. And so, um, you know, we've seen it after the LSU game. We saw it after the Georgia game. This team knows how to get refired up. They don't back down. You know, you, you push them in a corner and, hey, it's go time. And I have no doubt in my mind that they can have all fun leading up, joking, you know, looking relaxed as they do on, on the videos that the social media team is posting. But I have no doubt when they suit up in that locker room Friday evening and they come out on that field and they see that scarlet and silver across across the field warming up, it's game time. And they're going to strap up the chin straps and they're going to give it all they got. But, you know, the, the nerves come in as far as we haven't won a bowl game in forever. Um, I don't even know I'm a father of three and a little bit of announcement here, fixing to be a father of four this coming year. Um, as we're expecting another one. But I think I was just a father of one last time Mizzou won a bowl game, you know. And so you want that. Eli Drinkwitz, this is fourth year at Mizzou, fourth bowl game. First one to get to get played because of COVID, but hasn't had that win. You want that for him. You want that just to build off the momentum that we got on the recruiting trail and transport portal and everything else. But when we look back, you know, we, you see it all this week. We're looking back at 10 years ago, the last time we were in the cotton bowl against Oklahoma state, this cotton bowl means a little bit more than that cotton bowl did because this is new year six bowl. And it's a little bit of a bigger opponent or one that we might get a little bit more fired up and fond of the memory of, of Ohio state versus Oklahoma State, not bashing the Cowboys, just it is what it is. And so there's a lot going into this as far as from the fan side of it that I just feel the nerves building up inside of me. Are you all the same? Yeah, I've felt it a lot recently, um, just getting closer to the game because, you know, we've had so much fun the last couple of weeks with the recruiting trail. Man, that has been that has been a load of fun for us fans. We have a great momentum going on there. Uh, Christmas came. It's funny. This is kind of funny. My, uh, I was changing my daughter uh, into some jammies on Christmas night, and uh, we put on no more Christmas jammies. We put on like regular ones, and she's like, "Christmas is over." I go, yeah. She goes, "What's next?" I look at her, go, "Cotton Bowl, Cotton Bowl." <laughs> That's the next thing, and uh, I was. It kind of set in. I was like, "Oh man, like this game week, like this is this is the culmination of this season." You know, uh, too often we kind of think about bowl games, and they've lost a lot of their spark and magic that they had when i was younger because like that was your mini super bowl of the season um you know no offense gasparilla bowl armed forces bowl don't carry that kind of water this does this is this is a legacy game for this program and for us and i understand it is not a legacy game for ohio state i understand uh, ohio state could win this and it'd be a doorstopper in their athletic facility i get that um 
so I think that's what makes it more um, nerve wracking for me is that one team is playing with a different level than this team. Are they going to be calmer, cooler, more collected? Are we going to be the one making pressing? Or I think we all want, do we just want it more than them? You know? Um, but there's been a, yeah, the, the, the nerves are really built up now and it, it is feel pressurized. Yeah. Another thing that I was sitting here kind of thinking about the last time we played in this game was 2013, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. So that was the year before the college football playoff was. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was last introduced. year BCS. Right. So last year BCS. Um, now we're playing in the last year of the 14 playoff of the um, college football playoff before we go into a 12 team. So there's a little bit of, of history when we played this game in, in 2013, like something to, you know, this is the last BCS game that we're going to have. And not that the Cotton Bowl is going to go away. I don't know if it'll ever go away. Hope it doesn't because it's a great game. It's a great location. Maybe I'm biased being a Cowboys fan, but um, yeah, great venue. But there's, of course, of everything that you just mentioned, Case, on top of, you know, hey, this is the this is the last bowl that is going to be played for the 14 playoff in this game, right? So who you want to you want to look at? Go back, fast forward, I guess five years, and say, oh, who won the last Cotton Bowl um, before it switched to a 12 team playoff? And you, of course, want to see Missouri's uh, Missouri's name etched in history there. So really excited about this game. I'm really excited about just seeing these these last players game in this uniform you know what i mean and seeing how let's let's call a spade a spade i guess you know ohio state is a is a blue blood of college football right and like you mentioned skier it's it's not a knock on any of the other teams that we would possibly play in this game but if you can go in and you can beat a team like ohio state i mean that's one heck of a feather to put in your uh put in your cowboy hat so just really really excited to see how how this game turns out do you guys there's, know our history? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Scooter. Well, I, I was just going to say there's only two schools that when a player on Sunday night or Monday night uh, are doing their TV intros that they get to emphasize the, and you have the U at Miami of Florida, and then you have the Ohio State. And it is a brand that I wish Mizzou gets to one day. And hopefully this is the start of it. But uh, – Case to piggyback off of what you said as far as maybe we want it more than them. I had thought so until this week. Um, looking at their opt-outs and transfer portal, they've had 14 players into the portal. They're kind of like us, not a lot of starters across the board that they're losing. Obviously, the biggest is quarterback, but you look at their fan base and their reaction to Kyle McCord entering the transfer portal, they were excited to see somebody else get to play quarterback. Um, it wasn't so much a bash on Kyle McCord. I went on the Ohio podcast uh, earlier tonight, and uh, the vibe or the the way Eric put it to me over there was he was very vanilla. You know, they come off Dwayne Haskins to Justin Fields to C.J. Stroud, you know, very dynamic uh, collegiate quarterbacks that absolutely could take a game over. To Kyle McCord, and it, it's not a knock on Kyle McCord, but I think their standard was just at a different level for what they were expecting at quarterback. So uh, they are excited to see somebody else get to play, but they absolutely want to win this ball game. They want to show, hey, we're the second best team in the Big Ten. 
probably should be in the playoffs is their mentality. You know, they feel they're better than a one-loss Alabama, than a one-loss Texas, that their only loss is to the number one team in the country right now, Michigan. And, you know, kind of slap in the face to them that they got matched up with the third-best team um, out of the SEC. So, hey, they they want to show the committee, the playoff committee, like, hey, you got it wrong giving us the Cotton Bowl. Um, and we're, we're going to show you. So I think they're going to be just as ready to play as us. And it, I'm think, I think it's going to be a, a contested ball game. Now it might, you might have a bad turnover, a bad bounce here or there, and one team get behind pretty quick. And you might, you know, that team might sell it in from there. Like, uh, you know, let's just get this game over with. It was a good season. But I think to start off, you're going to have, two fan bases ready and, and two teams ready to play. I think, uh, I think, well, two fan bases, I, I think I saw that we've sold a lot more tickets than they have down there. So it's going to be a Mizzou heavy crowd, which I think is going to play in our favor a little bit. And it's just, it's going to be an emotional game. And when you think about an emotional game, be honest with yourself. What is, if you like, can picture Mizzou, the way Mizzou wins, who is that? Like the player that really stands out? Because for me, it's Cody Schrader. Like, if Mizzou is going to cap off this season the way it needs to be capped off, you know, with the big win, and if one guy's going to take over, I don't think it's Lou. I think I think Schrader just goes on one of his Tennessee-style games where he just is rolling through guys. I understand how defense is good, but, I mean, so is Tennessee's and so is Georgia's and so is Kentucky's and plenty other teams. But, man, if you want to think of an emotional way, to send the season off and Mizzou win, I think we got to have our guy like Cody Schrader just have one of his life a legacy game, like Tony Temple esque. The the big thing I don't I don't know that necessarily necessarily we need a, a big game from this guy, but you think about our two losses, uh, four really bad picks. We need Brady Cook to be above average that he's been for the majority of the season. Um, not, <clears throat> not saying he single-handedly lost us, uh, the LSU or the Georgia game, but that was he those awesome. four picks and huge, huge difference makers and outcomes of those ball games. Absolutely. I mean, hell though, with your quarterback, you can always say that, Hey, you make bad, you throw bad turnovers. We're going to have a hard time winning, you know? And that's yeah. just, that's just the, the devil of playing quarterback, right? You can. You uh, can be responsible for a loss quicker than anyone else on that on that team. So I agree, though. I mean, yeah, you, you overlook it because he's been so good. But if Brady does throw a stinker of a game in there, we are SOL. Yeah, you mentioned Tolleson too. I heard the heard the Tolleson reference. You've you've been you've been tough on him this year. No, I mean, no doubt. I think you'd agree with that too. But you know, for good reason. There's there's been some games that just make you scratch your head. You know, throw your hands up in the air and say, "What are you doing?" Um, this atmosphere, man. I mean, looking at behind this, that stadium, I've been to, I think, three or four games down there, you know, Cowboy games, of course. It's incredible. Like, that facility is intimidating the second you walk in and just take it in. So, I cannot even imagine what it's going to feel like from, you know, from the field level. And so, that's, it sounds so cliche, and I'm sure we've said it before, but to play mistake-free football is going to be vital because a team like Ohio State is one that's going to – they're going to punish you. You know, if you commit a turnover 
and give them the ball back, whatever format, if it's picks, fumbles, you know, muff punts, muff kicks, doesn't matter what it is. If you cannot take care of the ball, um, I mean, plain and simple, you're, you're kind of put some nails in your coffin. So that's one of the biggest things that I'm looking for. Yes, we've we've seen you know Brady kind of struggle in some of these bigger games and bigger moments, but it does make me wonder. Okay, are they going to rely, like you said, a little bit heavier on Cody? Uh, give Cody the rock a little bit more, or try and get you know Kirby Moore's had three weeks to prepare and watch film and prepare for a lot of schemes that might open up. Um, you know, some plays that we haven't seen before at all this season, and vice versa. You know, I'm sure Ohio State's doing the same thing. But, you know, one thing that I would say that we have an advantage of is, you know, we're playing for the most part with our our first string guys on that defensive side, aside from Rick Strong Hopper. I don't know. I think Hopper not being there is spooky, though. He was, it is. He's, he is kind of the heart of the middle of that defense. And we saw against Florida, but if, without him, we were a little more vulnerable. Now, Newsom took steps forward next week. So did Hicks. So you, you hope there. But, uh, yeah, and you got to think that they've been planning for that, right? You do, you do. Um, my fear, though, is that they played well against Arkansas the next week, but Arkansas and Ohio State couldn't be further into the spectrum of a good football team. <laughs> they both wear red. They both. That's the. That's about it. They both wear red. One is in the toilet right now, and one is playing in the Cotton Bowl. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was I was asked on that podcast. Uh, you know, knowing you have a quarterback coming in that doesn't have a whole lot of game experience. If you were um, Coach Baker, would you dial up the blitz and put the pressure on him? And I no. said, I wouldn't. Like, I would – watching the Ohio State games that I've watched this year, which is a handful of them, um, <clears throat> you know, they they do a lot of motion and rub routes to get guys open. And if you go to blitz and you're, you're leaving parts of the field open. And so I would protect the middle of the field – and make him show you he's got the arm talent to beat you on the outside. I yeah, I disagree with you, but isn't Blake Baker like blitz heavy, anyways? Like that's, I think he's, I, I think he's a style. creative. I, I I did say Baker does blitz, just it's not, you know, it's not like all out blitzes all the time, or like he does some creative blitzing, you know, where earlier for in the sure, year, but he's sending someone know, almost every play. Yeah, he he would he would blitz. Uh, J.C. Carlisle and have Johnny Walker Jr. drop back in coverage, got away from that and started going back to the man, man on man stuff, and we kind of saw a shift in the defense stepping up then, even through injuries. But uh, I, I would not just absolutely uh, go after their quarterback, regardless if Marvin Harris Jr. suits up or not. Like make make Brown, I think, is going to be their quarterback. <clears throat> Make him show you he's got the arm talent. Now, if he starts beating you that way and your front four is not getting pressure or the extra blitzer you sneak in there is not getting, then, yeah, start dialing up more. But uh, I would think that they're going to be run first team. And so with Hicks and Newsom, I would want to play a pretty base defense and pretty, you know, man up and zone specific as far as this is your lane, stay in your lane. Yeah, I mean, here's kind of what I think. As far as from a defensive perspective, you know, you want to – here's personally what I want to see. I want to see Coach Baker, you know, 
dip his toes in the water and kind of test and see not only what their offensive line is going to, how their offensive line is going to hold up, but also their quarterback. Um, because you get a couple huge sacks or a couple huge stops right out of the gate of that game and you set the tone. I mean, we saw how the tone and the momentum switched in Kentucky. You know, we were down, not huge, but holy cow. I mean, as far as morale and momentum went, it was all on on Kentucky side. It was trending to a blowout. It was. And, it you was. know, it took one play to change that. And multiple players have said that, that that was the, that was the game or that was the play of the game that kind of changed the tone and lit the fire. So, you know, in a big game like this, you don't want to, you don't want to be down in the count. You know what I mean? Uh, be down 0-2 and, and sitting there hoping and praying that, you know, they're going to make a mistake. Like you want to be able to set the tone. Um, I would love to see Johnny Walker Jr. come around and, you know, get, get a huge sack and set the tone for that defense because then your offense is going to feed off as well. I mean, you're telling me that a guy like Cody Schrader isn't going <laughs> to eat something like that up, you know, a big a big stop on defense. So, And I'm not saying that that's what you said, but you get where I'm going with that. Yeah. Um, it's just – it's a huge game. You know what I mean? It's going to be so chock full of emotion that I feel like we're going to see just about everything that we possibly could from this team as far as schemes and, and plays and personnel packages and yeah, I'm really, really looking forward to it. I think my biggest fear uh, as being a Mizzou fan, how many times have we seen this uh, Missouri beating Missouri uh, in these big games, big opponents. And I just don't want to see us do anything that cost us the game ourselves. You know, like I want to be, if we do lose, I want to feel like, hey, we got beat, you know. Uh, but I don't, I don't ever want to see Mizzou lose. Like that's not what I'm saying at all. Just I don't want to leave there saying, "Man, we could have had them, but we didn't do X, Y, Z." You know, and uh, I want to see us play a mistake-free game and our best against their best lineup, and say, "Hey, we're the SEC." Uh, but not only are we the SEC, we're the Mizzou Tigers, and we're here to play football. And we could play with anybody you put on the field uh, in the country against us, you know, as far as college goes. And this is the game that Eli Drinkwitz has the chance to change the national narrative of Mizzou. And it don't have to be cute. It don't have to be shiny. Just go out and win the damn thing. The trophy's shiny at the end that they hand to you. Yeah, but if we win, it's going to be a little shiny. Like, Drink's going to run some, like, in the round, you know. But hey, we, saw, we saw today punters going for out routes and catching passes <laughs> in practice. Yeah, we did. We saw, we saw me just throwing some bombs, too. Yeah. Um, you got to like how in that practice, though, Drinkwitz, Drinkwitz will not show you anything. <laughs> He had him playing dodgeball for public practice today. Yep. Or kickball. Kickball. <laughs> kickball. He had him playing kickball for the 15 minutes. Like, you know, Ohio State came out for their 15 minutes and, like, you know, running routes, get some work in. We played kickball for ours. So he like does it. not want anyone to know anything about us. I like, I like it. it. Yeah, I like that approach. Like, oh, yeah, here's, here's what we're doing in practice today. I, I tell you another approach that Eli's doing that's very unconventional. Uh, I have not. I don't recall this, which I mean, we haven't been in this area in a long, for a long time, but 
He is allowing anybody that wants to transfer or that has announced their plan to transfer to stay with the team through the bowl game, and they can absolutely suit up and play. Uh, you know, it's it's their chance to go at, like, no ill will toward them. If they're better playing opportunities or whatever they feel is best for them, he's not holding grudges. Hey, you've practiced with us. You've earned this right to play in this ball game. You've earned this right to come to the Cotton Bowl. And, man, I love that. I absolutely love that. I do, too. Uh, and I like what he said. He said, those guys helped us get here, so they yep. deserve a chance to play in this game. That's a good sentiment. I also think it's a little bit of reverse psychology, and I like that. I think some guys, you know, may see some bright lights or not even bright lights, just some, you know, other opportunities somewhere. Um, and let's not act like lateral moves don't happen in the SEC all the time. Uh, guys just keep around, and maybe they're like, yeah, I'm getting out of here first thing, and Drink's like, no, nah, you can stay for the bowl game. They stay for the bowl game. Maybe win that bowl game with their buddies. Maybe, you know what, my situation's okay here. Maybe I don't need to leave. So I think I think it can be an opportunity to kind of self-recruit as well. Well, yeah, dude, we're seeing that. I was talking to somebody about that this week with, with DJ Wesselak, and I don't know if he's down in Dallas or not. I, I have no idea, but you're thinking, man, like, you, you never know if these guys are forced out, if they're voluntarily yeah. entering the portal. But, I mean, dude, you're going from a zoo who's playing in the Cotton Bowl, who's playing in the New Year's Six Bowl, just went 10-2, and, and you're going into the portal looking for greener pastures, and, man, you're getting, like, maybe five, six offers, which is great. You know, you're, you're I guess, lucky enough, one of the ones that's lucky enough to be able to continue their – career i guess their academic and athletic career at another university but man like at what cost you know what i mean you were you had a solidified depth chart position you had a position coach you were close with it's just it's crazy to me i mean i get that some of these guys transfer for different reasons but and you never know what their reason is going to be speaking of transfers we should mention jake garcia uh like an hour before two hours before we uh started I think that makes a lot of sense. He came in to try and take Brady's job. It didn't work out. He had a nice, fun run. He gets to go to the bowl game, and now he's going to go find someone to play quarterback. I, th- I think that is perfect use of the portal, in my opinion. Yeah. And you see him at ball practice, engaged, um, you know, still very much part of this team. And yeah. I think that that goes to the brotherhood and that the players are bought in and they're doing this for each other. It's not it's not just coach talk. It's not just cliche talk, you know, like this is legit. We're seeing it with our own eye. Uh, the different team that we haven't seen in a while at the university of, of Mizzou. Uh, as far as DJ Wesselock, it seems like to, I got the vibe where he made the tweet. I'll be entering the portal as an edge. Uh, it seemed like he didn't like the idea drink and baker and maybe dj smith i don't know uh but they were trying to get him to play more stand-up linebacker and he wants to be rushing the edge rushing the quarterback so i think maybe just it wasn't a fit scheme wise for him and so he wants to go maybe where he's a little bit more comfortable with what they what they're asking him to do and that's completely fair that is completely fair um speaking of the transfer portal man it has been Christmas has not stopped if you're a Mizzou Tiger fan. Um, we're, we're losing a handful of guys here and there. Um, nobody that has really contributed 
on the field on Saturdays in game action. Not taking away what these guys are doing in practice and film and what they're doing, what they mean to the team. We're not losing contributors this way uh, as far as starters, but we might be getting some guys that can contribute pretty heavy. So I'm just going to run it down as far as names of guys have come in. Some of them will be repeats. You've heard us talk about them before, but the Toronto pride, I might be saying his first name wrong. I apologize. DB out of Clemson uh, coming in huge pickup because you got to replace uh, KD and, and Rex Stroll. Uh, Marcus Carroll, running back from Georgia State. That's big. Uh, depth of track. Not every kid in college football can go out and take the hits and the carries every Saturday like Cody Schrader. Yeah, Cody special. And wants to play. Yeah. Uh, depth cannot be, you know, overstated enough at that position. Caden uh, Green, welcome home. Welcome Love home. That. <laughs> uh, Darius Smith. This is a new one that uh, we hadn't talked about since last time we recorded, but linebacker edge uh, rusher out of Georgia. That's pretty massive. If you play for Kirby Smart, I think we'd take you on our team. I mean, six five, two forty, man. Yeah. Like he could still pack on thirty pounds and be just an absolute animal. There's a there's an awesome picture of him. On the field, field goal, goal. yeah, yes. on the, uh, yeah. the national championship. Yes, and or, he's the kind of guy. Him and I'm not trying to jump ahead on you, but uh, Chris McKellen from we got today. Uh, those are guys that got a lot of a lot of playing time left, and their stat line doesn't jump out at you. But those guys are almost more like grabbing a freshman that's ready to play than they are. Hopper didn't have a big stat line coming out of Florida. His exactly. best game at Florida was against Mizzou. Is yeah. last year there? I mean, there's something to be said for that because. There's three years left on both these guys, and we didn't we didn't just get mercenaries for one year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We got guys that can still build around this team. So that's that's a that's a big way to look at that. And then uh, another linebacker, uh, Corey Flag Jr. out of Miami, out of the U. Uh, he's got a lot of game game tape, a lot of a lot of game action down there at the U. And so uh, I think we also picked up a punter. Uh, maybe another ball. Australian punter, um, and then a couple preferred walk-ons. And then you, I saw earlier today that we offered a edge rusher out of the MAC. I don't remember what school, maybe Miami, Ohio, or Bowling Green. I think Bowling Green. Okay, yep. nine and a half sacks or something like that. But uh, we offered him. So you see us still active in it. Yeah. Uh, Oh, Appalachian State's running back is going on official yes, visit. A couple I weekends, saw that. So. Uh, kind of makes me wonder who we're going to lose there. Is it Tavares Jones? Is it Jamal Roberts? Um, well, we're losing I, two already. This yeah, season. but but who are we losing on the depth chart that it would be their turn up with yeah. Marcus Carroll coming in, um, the running back out of out of Texas, Kiwan Lacey out of. Uh, and then still recruiting. And, you know, this is a guy that Drink helped recruit at App State, I believe I saw on, mm-hmm. on Twitter. So he, he's got a personal relationship there. It may not just be we still have a need at running back. It may just be, hey, I want this kid on the team because I know him. I think you're right, though, Skeeter. That running back room is going to get forced someone out. 
I mean, I assume it would. Um, but you could look at it, and I'm, I mean, to me, honestly, I think it's it's pretty obvious who it is. I think it's Travis Jones is the one that's going to be the odd man out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mentioned that because he got passed in the depth chart by Roberts. And um, Ger- Gerard Hamilton did an interview today with uh, Kirby Moore, and he asked about you know young guys getting more practice time for bowl practice. And he asked who specifically, and Kirby said Roberts. So that to me says they see some that that's their guy going forward to build her like on that man. And if you're Travis Jones, you're a year older than that guy, and now he's jumped you and he's getting this like he's getting that much push. Ryan's on the wall for you at that point. Yeah, and he he might love Mizzou, Mike. Yeah, he may, I'm just I'm just yeah. yeah. Uh, I think you know you you think about this, and we're getting off of bowl talk here, but that's fine. If you look at it as you're a player on the team, you look at Brady Cook. You look at Cody Schrader, uh, Mookie Cooper. These are guys that you know, weren't fan favorites, weren't established starters. You know, they had to go earn their spots. They had to go earn their playing time. Um you know, you think back at the beginning of the year and they won a 50-50 split with Schrader and Nathaniel Pete. And Schrader just, hey, he he took over games. And he said, you're not taking me out. And the thing about him, you know, when Pete's in there running, Cody Schrader's the first guy to dap him up when he when he does score, when he comes to the sidelines. So um, it's not even a selfish thing. It's just he wants to be out there playing. So if I'm a guy that's on been buried on the depth chart, or a guy in the transfer portal, hey, I think I'm going to give Eli a pretty hard look because he's shown it don't matter what your recruiting ranking was coming out of high school or what you did at your previous stop. When it comes, you know, spring ball and fall camp, you're going to earn it. You're going to earn that jersey number in spring, and then come fall time, you're going to earn your spot on the depth chart. So if you're willing to put in the work, and not let the outside perspective or what the perspective is right now, December, what, 27th, uh, be going for next season. If you want to go in and work and you, you're bought in on yourself, I'm picking Mizzou. Do you think that's why we kind of go after the guys we do in the portal? Like I said, besides Flag, everyone you mentioned in that list were younger guys with a lot of, um, a lot of playing time left that were high. Most of them were high uh, recruiting rankings that were stuck behind someone at their current school, which was, let's be honest, we got most of our guys from big-time blue-blood schools. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Clemson, Georgia, Miami, um, you know, Oklahoma. Uh, each one of those guys has, you know, could start somewhere else, but they're coming here because uh, there's not going to be the stigma of, well, this guy started last year, so you are going to sit behind him like there was at these other schools. I mean, could that not be part of our whole plan? is absolutely you you're gonna come here and you got a chance to win this like it's not gonna be you know how brady cook started last season and they brought in you know jake garcia and other, just to come in and try and take his job from him you know oh He's yeah open. i mean drink talked about it like all at the beginning of the season like there's so much competition there's so much depth and competition at every single position and if that's what it's gonna take to so, I mean, other schools do it as well. You know what I mean? Whether they do it through the portal or they do it through high school. They stack first, second, third string with four- and five-star guys, and they're the ones, you know, battling every year for a top-ten position in college football playoff spot. So if that's if this is the introductory year of 
what the plan is going forward. I'm very happy with it. Um, I hope we continue it because it's gotten us in a pretty good spot so far this season. What I love about it, <clears throat> you know, gotta gotta throw a dig any chance I get, but uh, we're not going by the Arkansas plan and offering every single name that goes into the portal, you know. Uh, and last year it seemed like we had our name as far as this transfer has let me know and he's been contact with or contacted by these schools. And it seemed like we were on 90% of, you know, uh, transfer players out there. This year it's not the case. Um, and it's not a whole lot of guys that we're talking to that are picking other schools. There's been a handful of them, but that's fine. Uh, you're not going to get everybody you talk to, but I like that we are being very selective and it seems like Drinkwitz has, and I think this all goes back to the spring when he hires Kirby Moore. This allows him to put a blueprint and put out maybe an employee handbook of this is the type of player I want playing for me at Missouri. And you see him executing that now, and it's working. I feel like it's working. I hope it's working. Um, well, another thing with that too that we're seeing not only in the bowl actives, you know, the the lack of players that have opted out or entered the draft or whatever, is, and we've already seen a little bit of it in in between the Arkansas game and now, but players that want to stay, players that want to play, Mookie. Uh, I mean, Mookie announcing he's coming back. Um, Charleston. Charleston announcing that he's coming back, yes. Chuck Hicks. Chuck Hicks, exactly. So I think there's a lot of – you're you're not seeing as much portal activity as because, A, we didn't have a whole lot of guys in there. We didn't have a mass exodus. You know, we had 11, I think, but we've already picked up six or seven. So yeah. doesn't leave a whole lot of – part of me wonders too, and it is all going to change too after the bowl game because there's going to be a lot of movement both on the field and off the field. Luckily, we're not one of those because Kirby and Baker both signed their extensions. So we're good on that front. However, I do think that there will be a couple more players that enter. I think we'll also have a couple more players that we pick up out of the portal just based off of this is a big bowl game. These players want to play in it, um, and they don't want any kind of other distraction as other than, hey, let's go out and play, and then we'll handle the other stuff later. No, you said it, Cole. I mean, he, we've got players have to leave to bring in the players drink is offering like yep. drinks off like obviously planning for more guys to leave because he's sent it, mathematically it wouldn't work out for the offers he has out there versus right. who's going to come in yeah and no doubt I, I like his plan better than Lane Kiffin I mean yes the guys that Ole Miss is picking up look sexy but how's that going to mesh in jail when all your top of the team leaders are all new to where we have an established environment and we're going to have team leaders still here next year. I mean, Brady Cook's not leaving the team. Um, well, I say that if anything's possible, but I expect Brady Cook to be leading the quarterback room uh, come spring ball next March or whenever it is we do it. But you're going to have established leaders um, for Mizzou and these guys coming in from the transfer portal, they're plug pieces. They're not dependent upon to be 
the guy or the leader of the team. And so, uh, yes, it does look sexy because of the, the ratings and all the stars that they're amassing down in Oxford. But I'll be very interested to see how the rosters develop and turn out next year and how, how it correlates to wins for years to come for both programs. No doubt. You nailed it. You um, nailed it. As far as the bowl game, the about the only thing I really – well, okay, so the line has, has moved back to Ohio State's favor. Uh, last I looked right before we got on here, it's showing them a three-point favorite. Over or under at 48-and-a-half. Uh, ESPN predictor has Ohio State at 75.5, so they're not even giving us a 25% chance for 24-and-a-half. How the hell does the ESPN predictor even work? I have no idea. All I season. That I think they we would have won three games. I think they simulate game. on 2014 NCA <laughs> and do it a hundred times, and 75 and a half of them <laughs> Ohio State won. So I don't know. Five and a half on, on yeah, that old I'm, game. <laughs> I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's some type of computer system that they have, and it. it's very top petty, but. Because it doesn't follow the Vegas line, it doesn't follow anything. It just, it yeah. just, it's seemingly random. Like it's like Joe Klatz or whatever. Yeah, really. That's probably who it is. Weird ranking. Yeah. Him and him and Brett McMurphy get together, and they're like, "All right, what are we gonna, what are we gonna predict for this game? Especially yeah. the Mizzou game. They're probably the ones doing that." But so nothing on that really. Hey, it is what it is. We got to. I've said it a hundred times on here. We got to. Suit up. Ohio State's going to suit up, and the game's going to be decided on the field, not on paper. But mm-hmm. what I want to ask you guys: What is your opinion? How does your memory of this team change from a win Friday or a loss Friday? Um. Okay. So yeah, I. Mizzou wins. How was, do you remember 2023 Missouri Tigers? I was thinking about that the other day. What, what, what does a win versus loss do for us, like, going forward? Because um, it's sort of been a great season, you know. That's a huge step. The, we, like you said, we've got a lot of guys in the portal from the portal already. So, like, the momentum is there. But what it does with a win, I think, is I think we hit, like you said, that upper echelon. Now we're knocking on the door, which I think is huge going into the new playoff era. Because we're going into uncharted waters now. Twelve teams get in, more than four. That is, you know, an insane growth over what we have uh, previously. And I think, man, you start you start the season in the top ten, which we definitely will, maybe higher than that, uh, top five, maybe if you beat Ohio State here. That gives you that. What's the term? Like, what are we looking for? It gives you that preconceived notion that you're a really good team that's going to carry with you the entire season. So when if we do be a two-loss team next year, we're going to be the first two-loss team in the playoff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, let's be honest, because this is the only sport that a group of guys get together and choose who goes in the playoffs. Like, every other sport, I guess basketball is kind of like that too in college. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Having that high rank of the season is going to do us wonders at the end of the year trying to get into the playoff. So I think winning this game does a lot for that. It does. And a, an early preseason ranking, if we if we win this game, is huge because rather than rather than trying to get into the club, you're already in the club and just trying to make sure that you don't get kicked out. 
You know what I mean? Um, a win in this game. Number one, for personal reasons, my best friend from the Army, uh, Sam Godshock, huge, huge Ohio State fan. He listens to this. That's that's how good of a friend he is. He's not even a Mizzou fan, but he loves college football. So shout out to you, Sam. Uh, buddy, if we win this game, I will have bragging rights for a while. Um, if Ohio State wins this, of course, he's too humble to, to brag, but I'm not that kind of person. Um, a win for the program is is huge, man. Like it vaults you to it vaults you to a point where you know people continue to look, and all you're trying to do is just continue winning to where people aren't like, oh, well, the second you know the second you lose, people aren't thinking, well, see, they were they were frauds all along. Um, you know, they're they're just trying to knock you off your pedestal, so to speak. Um, a loss for this doesn't doesn't do a whole lot for me personally. Um, it's still been a great season. It's still been one that I think that the team can absolutely build momentum off of and already have, you know, given the, the recruiting. Recruiting's never been an issue for Coach Drinkwitz, but it obviously helps him um, going forward. Not to mention kind of something that we touched on earlier. Even if we do lose, God forbid, um, I do think we have a ton of key pieces coming back next year maybe even some that haven't announced quite yet. Um, and that'll be huge for next season, given, again, that it's the first year of the 12-team playoffs. So, obviously, I hope we win. Uh, I'm pulling for a win. Um, that If I ever root for anything else, somebody slap me, please. Because um, <laughs> that's that's all I want in this game is the, the cherry on top is a Cotton Bowl win in Jerry World uh, to go into the New Year Strong. The rallying cry all year has been STP, something to prove. We win Friday, and I say we because we bleed black and gold. I know we're not <laughs> on the field. Um, if Skeeter reverted back to over 10 years ago and hits the liquor bottle again, I might be on the field. <laughs> I'm going to try not to do that. So, uh, but we we win Friday. And it's not STP, it's point proven. Uh, absolutely made a point and proved it to the national media, proved it to the fan base, uh, proved it to the players. And I, I think back to opening game on a Thursday night against South Dakota, and SEC Nation was there. It wasn't their whole Saturday setup. It was like a half-ass show. But they were on the field at Faro before kickoff and they had Drinkwitz on there. And they said, what does the STP mean? And he said to me, it's to prove to these kids that decided to come back one more year that they made the right choice and we're, we're doing something here. And that, that got me emotional just hearing that and, and seeing him say that never in my wildest dreams, even on the preview show where I said 11 and one, I, I could see it when I get all, you know, let the fan, the Homer in me talk, but actually sit down and envision a full season and the ups and downs and the roller coaster of emotions. I couldn't have imagined it, it. It comes to this and getting to beat Ohio State on a big stage, prime time, the only college football game on at that time. We're going to have everybody's eyes. 
I, I think back to that that Thursday night, Drinkwitz on set with with them and saying STP to him wasn't just the fan base. It was him personally to the players. He was selling himself. I felt he was Drinkwitz hit a hit a low at the end of last season. Oh no doubt. Personally. No and doubt. I've wanted that dude to be so successful. As many times as he's frustrated me and and caused me to buzz my head so I don't have no hair to pull on my head anymore. But I want that dude so badly to be a legacy coach at Mizzou when it's all said and done. And for him to talk about the players and you see it, you know, play out throughout the season, how he really cares for these kids. It's not, it's not just Eli being Eli. Like he has a genuine passion and concern for the players to where we see that from Dennis Gates, where he says he recruits players, but it's not so much he wants them to play at Mizzou. Like he wants to be at their weddings. He wants to be there when their kids are born. And you see that from Drinkwitz, just a whole lot bigger roster to scale that to than what Coach Gates has. So a win for me, uh, it just it takes this season and puts it on another another notch. Uh, I would absolutely love I, I, during the game I'm not going to love it but at the end it would be so fitting for Harrison Mevis to get a walk-off winner Friday night I would, I would love that as much as I love the blowouts and as fun as that was on Black Friday uh, but I would love to see Mevis walk it off a loss would put a little damper on the season. It'd be like, man, we got to wait another year. You know, like we're going to have KU fans talking, we won our bowl game. You know, uh, uh, the OU fans are going to be chirping in our mentions regardless of what they do in their bowls. So I don't, I don't want to ponder too much on the loss, but I, I think it would – would damper it just a little bit just because of how special a win would make this season. Yeah. No, we're definitely we're definitely I think the team is fighting to end this in the right way. It's no. not done for them. This is the culmination of the season. So I think you're right. I, it it would be a huge damper to have this special of a season and go out on a dud losing this game. Um, but Ohio State has only lost to like four teams ever under Ryan Day. Um, the lowest ranked. Highest, yeah, the lowest ranked team ever was 12th, so he wouldn't be the worst team to beat them. Maybe the second. He um, struggles with that block M on opposite sideline. <laughs> yeah, he does struggle with the block M. That cost him his job. <laughs> yeah. The fans had oh, my God. If there's one thing to prove that, like, they are a different breed than us, they want to fire their coach for losing four games in his entirety because two, two, Three. Two, three, three, or to Michigan. Yeah, we lost seven games in a row for like two seasons, three seasons, two seasons. I don't know, dude. Yeah, it. We're not a blue blood yet, boys. What I'm trying to say, we're we're a, we're a little bit of a ways off. We've got a hungry fan base, though, and yeah, we're yeah. win will go a long way in the fuel on that. But mm-hmm. is there anything else as far as bowl game y'all want to touch on? I think we covered, covered it all. Okay. Well, since this is our only episode this week, we will be recording again this weekend. 
after the game to, to talk it. Uh, good, bad, indifferent. So uh, let's go ahead and touch other sports real quick. I know y'all don't want to do this, but we're going to start off on – nope. I was going to stay on a high note, but I want to finish on a high note. So we're going to say that for last. So basketball falls to seven and five on the year. We don't have to go in depth on it. Uh, I apologize for selling the hype. Uh, I'm a homer. I, I don't care how terrible we are. I believe every off season before the season starts, it's our year. That's part of being a fan. But we absolutely get blown out by number 13, Illinois, 97-73. wasn't much of a ball game. was not much of a ball game. It was, it was the mere reflection of last year, like yeah. opposite reflection of last year. Do you all do y'all know, without looking, what day was our last win on the hard, hardwood? Hmm. I'm trying to think what game it was. Um was right before the KU game. The December sixth. Uh, that's what I was going to say. December third. Okay, Wichita State. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that's while. right. And we played pretty well in that game. Been a while. We were feeling pretty. What has like, happened? Pretty optimistic. And Pitt uh, was a good win too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we get a chance to get back in the win column. If we lose this one. Like Jackson State, uh, we will one. not talk. I will not talk basketball the rest of the season. Oh, I don't care what they do. If they lose uh, Saturday at two p.m. against UCA, University of Central Arkansas, out of Conway, Arkansas, to the Bears, uh, man, that would be bad. That'll be they'll be hell to pay from the fan base with a loss. It'd be like losing to Jackson State. Yeah, but Jackson State, we still had football to be excited about. So <laughs> I kind of got under the rug. I'm just saying, football like, will be done with them. They've literally already done this this season. Yeah, football will be done with come the thirtieth. We could so, have we could have two really good back to back days or two really bad back to back days. Uh, but after that, we're looking at SEC play. I think on the sixth we open up against Georgia, so it's the last get right game. And hey, it's it's up to the players and the coaching staff to get this figured out, right the ship, and show that. What the only thing I'm gonna say as far as what I want to see Saturday, I don't want to see a box score with 15 players playing the game. Let's narrow it down. Let's do some nut cutting and say, hey, this is my rotation. I'm getting them minutes. I don't think you're gonna see it this season. I know, I know, but that's <laughs> no, what I, I want. I think He's, not a of... He's not slowed down at all with that, has he? <laughs> no. No, I think you're gonna see a lot of bodies, and you're gonna see. Depending on how the season goes, man, you know, I, I hope it doesn't end up this way, but you may see it get to the point where, yes, he's still going to respect those seniors that, you know, East Honor Carter, um, you know, the and Grill, if he ends up, if and when he ends up coming back, um, Vanover. But you, correct me if I'm wrong, but you want to see what you have in your future, right? Especially in bigger games and SEC games. Um, you want to see like what the young guys ain't playing when they get on the court. I mean, they're, they're making plays just as much as the upperclassmen are. Yeah. I mean, you want to see Kurt, you want to see Trent Pierce, you want to see Ant Robinson. Like you want to see what you have in some of these guys that are going to be your sophomore leaders next year when this illustrious class comes in. So that's, 
that's that's what I personally I hope it doesn't get to that point. I hope they flip a switch once they get into conference play, but we'll see. Um, it's been it's been how, rough. How mind blown would we be if we finish in the top four and get the double by in the SEC this year? We'd be like, remember back in December? Well, I mean, there would be, and I'd be leading the train, or I guess eating a sock or whatever. But I'd be like, we we can't ever doubt Dennis again. I'll like, go we kill just... a damn crow and actually cook it and eat it all <laughs> on the show. So uh, let's finish on on a high note here. Uh, wrestling last Thursday, really cool setting. Uh, at Stiefel the Center, yeah. Stiefel Center or Theater. Stiefel Theater. There we go. In uh, St. Louis. But they take down Illinois. Uh, thank you. So them and the, the women on uh, ladies basketball took care of Illinois. But 29 to 6, another dominating performance. Our guy, uh, well, I mean, our guys obviously know a certain because he's the only one been nice enough to come on the pod. But, oh, Ted Kimmett. Uh, the fanboy and me, Keegan O'Toole. I don't know if y'all do. He mm-hmm. saw this. Okay, so he he wrestles one sixty five. I think yeah. is is the weight class. Uh, the one sixty five guy gets a little banged up for us, or the one one seventy four guy gets a little banged up for us, which I think was is Mako. Maybe if I'm going off the top of my head, I may be wrong on that. But uh, so we got to have somebody move up to. 174. Well, they only have the number three wrestler in the country at 174 for Illinois. And what does Keegan O'Toole do? Hey, I'll do it, coach. Put me in. And what's he do? Goes out there and beats the dude. Like, what can this guy not? He's insane. Uh, I didn't even watch that, but UFC streamed it on their platform. And I guess they had helped with the production of it because it had UFC style intros. You yep. see those? You see Keegan yep. mm-hmm. come out to the yep. crowd. Yep. That was awesome. And then they had a post like match interviews like you would in UFC. And man, that one with Keegan about that is so cool. He's like, I got the phone call some that night. I saw his coach's number. I knew exactly what he was going to ask me. Uh, I said yes before he got the words out of his mouth. He goes, "What's uh, what do you go?" He goes, "What's eight more pounds?" He goes, "I you know I can that's nothing. I can you know." He's like, "Obviously, I respect." Um, I don't know the guy's name. He goes, "Like what's, what's eight more pounds? Like we can take. I can do that." Like, oh man, it was, it was, it got me going. Like, I was pumped up. First of all, cool production. I'm stoked that it was the UFC chose us to do that with, with their fight pass and kind of make us the feature of that. Uh, the setting was awesome. But yeah, dude, just get more access to Keegan. It's like that guy. He, it's a shame wrestling isn't like as, uh, has as many eyes on it as it does because he might be one of the greatest athletes to ever don the black and gold. Oh, he's, he's Mizzou Mount Rushmore for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. No doubt. Uh, huge matchup. Uh, the second. So that's coming up here less than a week or right around a week. But number 11, Virginia Tech, the Hokies coming to the Hearn Center at 530. Uh, that'll be a big, big duel there. Uh, you're going to have some more cream of the cream uh, going against each other there. So, uh, man. I don't expect to see one of these lopsided scores again because this is by far the the best team we've gone up against this year. Uh, to date, we still obviously have Oklahoma State later in the year for us, but um, that, that'll be big if you – not a whole lot going on January 2nd. I believe that falls on, what, next Tuesday? 
It's a Tuesday, yeah. Yeah. I might try, to, I might try to go to that. We'll so, see. yeah, go go check it out. Uh, man, go support. Go support the team that is in contention for a national championship at the University of Missouri. And that's Coach Brian Smith and the wrestling program he has built uh, in Como. But that's going to wrap it up for this week. Um, <clears throat> after the bowl game, we might get back to talking outdoors again because y'all have uh, bow seasons getting close to an end for y'all. I still got a couple Just months, even though I haven't been since the damn deer got drug out of the back of my truck from the neighbor's dog. Uh, I haven't been in a month, <laughs> so it's, it's kind of, kind of crazy, but life's been a little chaotic here lately, but, uh, y'all be getting fired up for your gobblers before too long. So I know you'll well, want crappie, crappie too, boy. Yeah. Well, um, that's, that's my thing. That's what I got. That's what I, uh, spoke of my Christmas gift was, was new fishing poles and stuff like that. So Santa came through for you, didn't he? I mean, I bought it and had to give it to my wife for her to wrap and give it to me, but yeah. <laughs> my Christmas gift will be Friday at AT&T Stadium. So there you go. I, be, I, would, I would trade gifts with that. That's I'm so jealous. I wish I could be on there so bad, but you know, you and me both. I chose this job, so here I am stuck working. Same. Uh, well, once again, uh, appreciate our network, Variety Sports. Uh, for everything that they do for us, Brandon and the guys there, a bunch of great podcasts on there. Go check them out. But that is it for this week's episode of the Woods, Water, Mizzou. For Skeeter, Cole, Cowboy Case, y'all have a great weekend. We hope to be talking to you after a Cotton Bowl win. M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Go Tigers. Y'all take care.